Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey, guys. We're so glad you're listening today. Hey, Chris and I are the pastors of Life Fellowship Church here in McKinney, Texas. And we love um, having you guys along on the journey with us. Hey, today is going to be absolutely so exciting. We're beginning a brand new podcast. It's going to be at least a two-part series. Tell them what it's about, And it's called The Four Whys of Worship. And I'm telling you, we're going to absolutely have a fun time. So think for a second. Can you imagine uh, walking into church for the very first time? What, What... would you think as you observed people singing out loud, drinking juice, eating small wafers of bread, <laughs> listening to a guy talk out of a book that's been around for thousands of years, and then encourage all the participants to compel all of their friends and family and neighbors to join them in this activity? This would feel a little odd. It would feel odd, but it's those that uh, have been attending church for a while, it's It's the norm for them, huh? But there's a lot of questions that I think people have about why we do what we do in worship. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to examine, re-examine the things that we do in church and get back to the whys of our worship. So for instance... Yeah, like why do we sing? And why do we play instruments? Why do we serve? Why do we give? Why do we prophesy? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we invite outsiders? All and the big why, lies. And let me let me add one more. And why in the world do we drink coffee before and after every time that we gather? We can't do it without coffee. Because hey, everybody, you know this coffee is Christian crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just finished up some of our meetings today with for our new building, and we were just going through our new Blends Cafe. It's yes. going to be beautiful. We cannot wait for y'all to see. For those who don't know, we're adding a big expansion onto our current campus. And it's going to be so cool for our teenagers and adults and and adults on the weekends. and children. Our 300 child Christian daycare. Anyways, that was a butterfly moment. Back to this really important podcast. I think it's foundational. I think it's important to know why we do what we do. And so if you've ever been curious about those things, I'm going to take you back to some of the origins on those uh, and really help teach you what the Bible says about these. So the reason why this is so important, I I, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, of this before. Tatum, you've probably heard me give this this example of things. Probably. There was... uh, here. There once was a mom and she was teaching her daughter how to cook ham. Hmm. And Wasn't she told my mom. Her, <laughs> <laughs> my mom didn't teach me how to cook ham. And her mom told her, said, uh, cut you know, two rather large pieces off of each end of the ham. And her daughter asked, well, why? Why, why do we do that? Well, that's because how, that's how it's done. It's because that's how my mother always did it. She always did it that way. And I'm sure it causes the ham to taste better. Well, the daughter <laughs> looked over to the grandmother and said, Grandma, why'd you do that? And she said, well, my mother always did it. And of course, it makes it taste better or else she wouldn't have done it, dear. 
Well, just about then, the great-grandmother walked in, and the little girl said, can you tell us why you cut both ends of the ham before you cooked it? And she said, oh, dear, that's simple. My cooking pan was too small, and we could never afford a, to buy a bigger <laughs> one, so I would just I, I would just cook the two ends of the piece of, of the ham later on for, for breakfast later that week. And I think that's a great example. It is a good one. <laughs> Of not understanding why you do the things you do. What was the them. yeah? Why are we even doing this? What was the purpose to start with? What's the origin? So again, that's what this whole podcast, um, these episodes are about, right here. The four whys of worship. You know, honestly, sometimes it takes uh, the next generation asking some simple questions. Yeah, yeah. That's one of and the things I love yeah. about our young people. You, our young people are great at asking. Well, why do we have to do it that way? Well, can't it be done this way? And those of you that are a little older, like myself, not you, honey. Like Chris. You know, we've got to make sure that we are not entrenched in our ways. So set into traditions for the sake of tradition. It's always been done this way. Well, what does way. the Bible have to say? Yeah. But, and yep. And is it is it effective now at reaching the lost people? So I think uh, the next generation can really, they, they ask questions, which are great. Here's another thought. Sometimes it pays to go back to the origins of the church and really go back in history and find out why did we start doing this? Mm-hmm. And what was the purpose of that? My dad taught me years ago. He said, Chris, before you ever take down a fence, find out why it was put up and who put it up. Is it good? Yeah. Isn't that good? <laughs> so we're great at just going in there and ripping it down. Ripping down the fence. But <laughs> you it, don't even realize. There could be, be a reason it's there. You might be stirring a hornet's nest. Yeah. And then I think lastly, it, it just gets us back to the roots of our Christian faith when we discover why we do what we do in church. Because for those that are new, you might look at things and go, this is, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Uh, I want you to read this uh, portion of scripture, honey, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Oh, I like that. Many wonders and miraculous signs. We need to get more of that back in the church. All right, keep going. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Wait, wait, wait. Right now, so every day. Every day. They met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's a life group. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So in other words, they were doing life together. It's not just, uh, hey, we're going to services 12 times a year, uh, which is the average uh, attendance of church. Yeah, a sad stat. So- We've got to get back to the roots of our Christian faith. You know, our mission here at Life Fellowship, if you haven't heard it, it's to know God, find freedom, discover Discover purpose, purpose, and then go make a a difference. difference. And that's the thing that we want to do. And in order for that to happen, we've we've got to be able to grow. So think think about back when our kids were a lot smaller, honey. Uh, When they were little, what did they do? They they sat in their high chairs. They did a lot. And they They waited for dinner. Remember, uh, Nash would take the fork 
And he would bang it on the... Uh, yes. Nash was the child that had to be buckled in the high chair because otherwise he would be standing on top of the kitchen table. And Sweet Blakely just sat. I never used the buckles once. She was just an easygoing baby there. And Nash, if you didn't buckle him, he would w- be walking across the counters, literally. Wild child at the dinner table. But they did. Okay. But what when you're they were saying. little, they sat, hopefully, buckled in. Uh, yeah. But they sat in their, their high chairs waiting for dinner. And that's what little kids do. But we need to move from the high chair to the big people table. We got to help set the invitations, prepare the table, cook the food, Mm. uh, share the plates, help clean up after it's done. And there's a difference between immaturity and maturity. Yep. Come on over to the big table. And it's time that we we start helping to prepare the food and... uh, distribute it and clean it up and help uh, pay for it uh, instead of just sitting in the high chair, just waiting for somebody to come and feed us. And that's really what this is all about. Yeah, that'll preach, baby. Come on, that'll preach. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what this podcast today is really all about. It's about maturing us. Maturing us as believers. So I want to give, I want to give you guys the four G's of a maturing Christian. So these are things that are happening in your life. Number one is gifting. So you have a gift and talent, and uh, a mature believer is using that. They're employing that in the yes, kingdom circulation. find a way to Take plug gift. in and use what God's giving you to impact Here's the second the G, kingdom. and it's groups. We just read that scripture. It, God has called you and I to be a part of thriving relationships. To do life together. together. And if you Not don't, Lone Ranger. you're going to get picked off by the enemy. Yeah, we need each other. He's made us like that. We were literally born to be in a family, to be yeah. in a community, and we need it. And and not only do, do you need it, they need you. It's true. You, you have giftings on the inside of you. You have You have experience. a testimony. Like just even what some of you have lived through, what you've gone through and experienced in your life, and you've made it. <laughs> you made it through. You survived, and you're sane, and you're here you have a story to tell that somebody needs to hear. And often that's not going to happen, you know, in the in passing isolation. of a lobby in on a Sunday morning. It has to happen in a in, in the group. setting of a group. Yeah. So four Gs of a maturing Christian. Giftings, they're using their giftings for the Lord. Yeah. They're employing that. Number two, they're involved in uh, some in kind group. of thriving relationship groups, mm-hmm. life groups. And number three, generosity. Listen, the Lord wants you to prosper so that you can provide. Yeah, so you he can blesses be us, not so that we can say, hey, check out my blessings. We're blessed no. so that we can be a blessing. Amen. Yeah, and then the last thing is growth. Um, that we're extending God's kingdom by investing into those that are outside his family. In fact, any, interesting enough, when Jesus walked up to uh, the fig tree that wasn't producing any fruit, he yeah. cursed it. Yep, I remember you that. You know that God curses things that don't grow. That's true. If you're living, and you should be growing. And growth isn't accidental. No, it is it, intentional. You don't accidentally get closer to God. You don't accidentally get healthy. You don't accidentally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your your finances start just flourishing. Mm-hmm. You don't accidentally, um, you know, complete these, you know, different studies. No, it takes intentionality to see growth happen. And so 
today we're going to begin this discussion and answer the question, uh, answer really what I'm calling the four whys of church. And so here's, here's, here's the four whys. Go ahead, Tatum. The first one is, why do we sing? La, 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 la. Don't be shy. I want to <laughs> kiss the girl. That's and why he doesn't cry. sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but why? He preaches because he shouldn't be singing. No, but why, why, do, why we do we sing to sing? the Lord? Okay. Why do we serve? Okay. Why do we give? And why do we have spiritual gifts? Those are great questions, Tatum. Aren't you glad I asked? <laughs> so let's start with the first one, all right? Why do we sing? So- for example, think about this. Think about, just put yourself in this situation. It's kind of funny to think about. Think about singing in public with a bunch of strangers. Like I'm walking through Target with me and my friends or Blakely and I. Mob, you know? And like, yeah, we all just start singing. But singing in public with a bunch of strangers can be intimidating to people. Well, so yeah. When we, when we sing the national anthem at sports events, most people mouth or softly whisper the words. So what do you think about the guy that is singing it at the top of their lungs? <laughs> I love it. He's like screaming yeah, it. He's just going That's at it. awesome. I think. You probably think he's either passionate or maybe a little bit crazy. Passionate. Yeah. Yep. Truth is, we all love to sing. In fact, I'll prove it to you. What? Think about this. Think about you being all alone in your car with your favorite song on the radio. Like, how about Bon Jovi? Let's let's take it back to the early hey, 90s. Or is that like late that? 80s? No, no. Mm. That's late 80s. Maybe early 90s. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, living on a prayer. Remember, take yep. my hand. And I we'll make, make it, it will swear. Oh. Yep. Okay, I, let's stop now. Okay. <laughs> But we love, we love to sing. I always tell people, not, not everybody can record, but we can all sing. There you go. So why do we sing in church? Well, throughout the Old Testament, the people of God worshiped God with music and singing. You'll find it all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Moses and his sister, they sang to celebrate the Red Sea crossing. Uh, David, King David, played a, the harp and he sang for King Saul. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the most important music that was a part of the temp, uh, tabernacle and temple worship consisted of the psalms. The singing of yeah. the psalms, yeah. Like it, it's all throughout the Old Testament mm -hmm. and the New Testament. And these were actually written and performed for, uh, for centuries in the center of Israel's worship. The singers were an important part of the population when the Jews returned to Jerusalem from captivity when the second temple was, was built. In fact, music in worship continued into the New Testament. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this. What's that? But after the Last Supper... Before Jesus led uh, three of his disciples to the Garden mm -hmm. of Gethsemane to pray, it says that they sang a hymn, probably one of those psalms, mm -hmm. and then departed. Wow. They sang one song. In fact, um, I, I have here for you two important scriptures that Paul wrote during his first Ro Roman imprisonment, and it's all about singing to the Lord. Let me read it. The first one's in Colossians 3.16, and it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with 
all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I love that. We, I, I love that. When the Word of God dwells in you richly, oh my goodness, these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs mm-hmm. are going to just burst out of your heart to the Lord. Uh, read Ephesians. Okay, Ephesians 5, 18 um, says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Now, if you study these two verses, you're going to discover that there are three kinds of music that we should sing to one another and to God. Interesting. Okay. The first one is what's called psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Okay, I just have to say, I'm going to expect you to sing to me after this. Okay, Chris? Oh, I'm... Sing me a song. Sing. In a minute. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, we do this all the time in the house. We are constantly... I'm catching you singing all the time. You catch me singing all the time. We're we're singing a, a song to the Lord. A lot of times... It's some. It's a song that's been on our in our heart through our, our devotion in the morning, yeah. and it's it's on our lips. In fact, uh, the psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Most scholars believe that these three terms fundamentally overlap in their meaning. Uh, so, w- w- what that means is this: like a psalm is singing the word of God. Yeah, like an actual psalm. From the book of Psalms or a yes. word of God, yeah. Things that actually are from the Bible that a lot of our songs were in past days were written from Psalms. You can find some verses, like direct verse, into some of the music um, that we use as worship songs now. In fact, a lot of those Psalms were, most all of them were written by King David. In fact, um, let me, let me, hey, hey, everybody, let me help help you for a second, make the most out of your worship and singing, uh, making it more meaningful to you while you're in the car, while you're here in church on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, at home. Think about this. Why was David such a great psalmist? Why? It's because God was with him. Uh, when King Saul tried to kill him, God delivered him. When the bear tried to kill him, God delivered him. When the lion tried to kill him, mm-hmm. God delivered him. When the Philistine giant tried to kill him, mm-hmm. God delivered him. And I'm telling you, everybody, that when you take down the bear, when you take down the lion, mm-hmm. when you take down Goliath, when God delivers you from the, the evil plots of yeah. the king, you're going to have an amazing worship life. When you have like victory, when God gives you victory, when you, ha- when you make it through the other side, I mean, that's what I hear you saying is really that's what the heart of worship is. What makes it so amazing is when you, God has been faithful to you and you can see it and you see his goodness in your life. You see his provision or his protection. Then you have something to sing about, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. And, I mean, and it changes of, everything. Yeah. And, and some of us, the reason why there's not worship in our hearts is because you've not taken on the lion. You've not taken on the bear. Yeah. You've not stepped out to allow God to, to perform his wonders in your life. And if you'll do that, you'll have victory. And now when there's victory in your heart, woo. Changes everything. I mean, there's going to be how a we worship. Psalm yeah. in your heart to the Lord. Hey, everybody, 
it's time to go bear hunting with a butter knife. <laughs> but I'm but I'm being serious. Uh, your worship will go to another level when you see the victories of God in your life. It's very true. You know, when I see churches that are just, in essence, they're not alive, it's typically because they've not taken on new challenges. Yeah. Like some of the greatest worship uh, seasons of our church have been after we have just unified together and we took on challenges as a church family and we overcame them. And there's this roar mm -hmm. in the people because... Mm -hmm. And I would just add this, if if you're in the midst of the fight right now and you haven't seen the victory, you're holding on, you know God is faithful, He is coming through, you can worship in the midst of that. You worship because of His promises, because of what His Word says about you and says about your situation. And even in the midst of waiting, you have victory because of what Christ says, not because of what you see. So don't let wait, that wait, impact you your worship. You have victory because of what Christ says. Say that again. Not you have victory because of what Christ says, not in what you see. You may not see right now the answer or see how the situation's gonna resolve. How is the miracle gonna happen? Just because you don't see it doesn't mean you're not victorious. It, it you're victorious because of what Christ says. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not about your circumstance with the natural eyes. You can celebrate, you can worship. You can praise and thank God for who He is and what His promises are to you, even if they haven't played out yet in your life, even if you're still waiting in the midst of it. You know, don't wait until you're, ah, oh, I have a story to tell. If you're fighting and your story's not finished yet, keep, keep fighting sing, in worship. Baby, sing. Yes. Think about how infuriating that must be to the, to the devil. Yes. Like he's giving his very best to discourage you, to throw you down. And you're still and you thanking God and worshiping. And singing. Yes. And trusting in God. And the only <laughs> way you can do that is because you know your victory is in Christ. Like your hope is in Christ. It's not in your ability. It's in Christ. So you can worship victoriously. So you can actually sing the Psalms. Yep. So like it may not sound great, but <laughs> sing it to the Lord. I'll do that sometimes. I'll just Sing it out in my own tune. Here's another, here's another thing. So it talks about psalms and hymns. So what's a hymn? Hymns are singing the singing of uh, the best of man's words to God. Okay, so the psalms is actually singing the word of God. Yeah. A hymn is singing man's, man's best words to God. In fact, it says that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn when they finished the Lord's Supper before he went out to the Mount of Olives. In, in fact, um, Paul and Silas, it says, at midnight in the prison, after having been beaten and placed in severe stocks, Paul and Silas yeah. sang hymns so loud that the <laughs> other that. prisoners could hear them. In there fact, they it are. says that it was at the midnight. Yeah. And, and I think that's, in the that's telling. In, yep. in the darkest time of your life, in the midnight hour, let your heart cry out and Open your voice your mouth too. up and yep. just sing. So whether you're singing psalms to the Lord, which is God's word, singing it back to him, or a hymn, which is singing man's words, man's best attempt at singing God's word back to him, yep. do it. And I love that, that it says that all the other prisoners, they heard it. Yeah, there's so much... I feel like I could go with that statement, but knowing that not only is your worships, 
bringing freedom in Paul and Silas's case, like setting them free. But in this story specifically, the chains were broken off of all the other prisoners as well. And it wasn't, the Bible doesn't tell us they were worshiping. It says Paul and Silas were worshiping. And in the midst of their declaration of truth, their declaration of victory. set everybody free. Yes. Hey, everyone, let your kids hear you worship. Let your classmates hear you worship. In fact, I remember, let me tell just a quick story here. When okay. when I was working years ago at CC's Pizza, CC's. Uh, many of you guys don't know that, but I, I worked at CC's Pizza, and uh, it was two ninety nine for the buffet. Two ninety nine, you out of your mind? Really, you could eat as much pizza as you wanted for two ninety nine. Can you yeah. imagine? We would eat a lot <laughs> back in high school. And my favorite pizza is pepperoni and pi- uh, pepperoni. Can, uh, what is ham your favorite and, pizza? <laughs> ham and pineapple. But I would put et- extra marinara, extra uh, mozzarella. And then Whoa. extra ham and extra, just All extra, 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 <laughs> extra pineapple. He's an Anyways, extra kind of guy. Uh, back to the story here. There was a uh, the, the 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 dishwasher guy in the back. Every single day, he wouldn't talk to anybody. He had this long hair that came over his eyes and all the way down to his. Uh, his shoulders, yep. and he put on this death metal in the back. I mean, just thrasher, death metal. And so God's doing all these incredible things on the inside of me. And every time I would go back there, I'd have to listen to all this music. This trash. I mean, it's just this- death. And it's just like, you know. Like the screaming, growling. <laughs> like we're going to kill you and rip off your head and all that other stuff. And, <laughs> and so he's back there kind of banging his head. Like that to uh, uh, to to the music while while he's cleaning dishes. Oh my And there was goodness. a day I just said, I, "You're I like enough, enough with enough. it." So I came to him and I said, "Dude, we're gonna make a deal." He's like, "What's the deal?" I said, "We're gonna put you can listen to your tape." This is back in the day with tapes. Whoa, back in the nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said you can listen to your tape for thirty minutes, and then we're gonna listen to my tape. And so he's like, "Okay." So it went from the thrasher music. What did you play, babe? And then I put in, so he's back there <laughs> cleaning the dishes <laughs> to celebrate Jesus, celebrate. He is risen. <laughs> Chris had like the 90s choir worship music oh, <laughs> playing in the CC's I had kitchen. It going on and back that dishwasher there. was stuck with you, and you were kind of stuck with him. But yeah, hey, but I got to be a witness to him. Yeah, and I'll never the forget. Atmosphere. That I had one of the uh, his name was Brian. Brian came up to me one night as we were closing. An employee. An employee. And he said, I've seen Jesus in you and I want what you have. Yeah. So I didn't even have to witness to him. He came after me. Well, you did. You just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You were by your life and by your music. (laughs) You were witnessing to him. So I don't know how that applies there, but uh, just fill your life with good music when it comes to- And when you work with people who play bad music, make them rotate every 30 minutes. <laughs> we get to play mine, and then you can play I yours. I promise you that guy has never forgotten that. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah, I, I bet you that. If you're out there listening, man, celebrate Jesus, celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the last one. I hope you guys have been having fun here today. And it's it's what the Bible calls spiritual th- songs. Now, people get confused on this one. So again, a psalm is singing the word of God. A hymn is is singing the man's uh, words to God. Yeah. But a spiritual song is when you're singing a revelation or a rhema word to God. So in other words, that's something that's been breathed, God breathed in you. 
uh, it's something that is rising out of your spirit. Yeah. And and if you've ever been here on uh, our pursuit nights or even on some of our Sunday mornings, th- there'll be times that we'll catch that vein. And all of a sudden, it's, it's like a Hallmark card that is... So I, I heard it described like this. So this um, singing spontaneously to the Lord mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. you might be singing you know, a song that somebody else wrote. But, yeah. And so it's just like a Hallmark card. You're reading all the things that somebody else wrote, but this spiritual song is your now ability now to write- To customize to it. customize that little thing. That, and it's something that comes out of your heart. And it rises out of your spirit. Now- I love it. And I think that we all need to do that. You need to find moments that you can just. It's almost like a declaration of like prophetically, you know, like who God is or what he is. You're just agreeing with that in your spirit and singing it out. You know, I just finished up with a lunch meeting here today Mm -hmm. and I was coming from there to a very difficult meeting that you and I were just a part of. Yep. Uh, Heartbreaking. Uh, and as I was driving down 75, I had the worship on and the music is just playing instrumentally. And I was singing a song to the Lord mm-hmm. just out of, my, out of my heart. Just, I mean, people might've been driving a by looking at me song. going, what in the world? This guy is the crazy passionate one. But I was just declaring to the Lord that he's good, that he's with me, that I love you. It, it, it's something that we need to do. Now, let me quickly address something that I've heard through the years. Uh, people always uh, seems to be, if there's one thing that people will complain about, it's music. They'll say, oh, it's too loud, or it's not loud enough, or it's too long, or it's not long enough, mm-hmm. or we don't need instruments, or this thing needs a choir. <laughs> let me just give you my philosophy on this. When it comes to worship, when it comes to music, we're going to have what I call the closed hand and the open hand philosophy. So when it comes to um, the closed hand, that that refers to our theology and our values. The songs that we sing and are going to be we doctrinally yeah. solid. They're going to declare God's goodness. They're mm-hmm. going to declare God's word. And those are never going to change. But the sounds that we use, mm-hmm. the the way the lights operate and everything to create an environment where people can worship, that's open-handed. Because how that happened yeah. 10 years ago, 20 years yeah. ago, it's different than it, today. It, we have to be adaptable in and that we, way. I always say to people that, uh, people say, well, I don't believe in uh, uh, time machines. I do. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. You to go back, you go to some churches and you feel like you just step back into the 70s. <laughs> it's a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> from the decor and the style of the music and the style of the communication. Listen, we're going to be tight-fisted yeah. when it comes to doctrine, but we're going to be open-handed. And I, I'm so thankful that the church that I have the, the privilege of pastoring has that philosophy that we are always going to be moving and changing with methods, but never with our values. Never and with the doctrinal. message. Yep. Because here's what matters, everybody. What matters is, is that we're going to sing the word of God. What matters is that we're going to participate together. And what matters is, is that the focus is always going to be Jesus. Amen. So can I just encourage you, whether you come to Life Fellowship or you go and attend another church, make sure that when you show up on that Sunday or whenever you gather together, sing for an audience of one. 
close your eyes and just draw a circle in around yourself and sing to an audience of one mm-hmm. and know that your creator, your savior is delighting in your praise. That blows my mind that God, even with all of the, the, the junk yeah. in our lives, nobody's he, holy, nobody, our righteousness, our best is as filthy rags. And yet are. he's still, even though everything you did this last weekend, he still enjoys to hear you sing and say, yes. I love you. That, yes. that boggles my mind. What kind of God is that? An amazing one. And yeah. when you come on Sundays and you sing, listen, what's going to happen is your faith's going to grow as you sing the word of God. I mean, there's just something powerful that happens when the people of God come together and worship. Yeah, it's so true. Do you remember after um, all of the uh, quarantine, we came back together for the first time after having not been in service for a while? Yeah, I can never forget it. I remember. I cried every service. Yeah. Did you? I think so. I cry like every service now, so okay. I probably did <laughs> There's yeah, just something it's beautiful. So, listen, if you haven't been in uh, in a place where the people of God are worshiping with everything they've got, find a place. It will it'll put fresh wind in your sails. Yeah, we were made to worship. You know, that's that's why it's so moving, not only to the heart of God, but also for you because you were made to worship Him. That's how He designed us. So. So it's why we sing. It's important. It's because God made us that way. And in fact, uh, let me just say this. Uh, I'm going to do a series after the one that we're in right now mm-hmm. uh, called I Declare War. But the one after this, I want to do it on worship. Yes. I want to just teach on worship. I, I want to see us go to a whole nother level when it comes comes to worship. And I th- in fact, I think I think we're going to do that. And so if you... <laughs> If you're excited about that, and that's something that you would love to dive into more. It, it's, Tell him that you want. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Is that what you're asking for? Yeah, let, it, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. You can email us at info at lifefellowship.tv. Now, next week, let's hit the next three. Okay. So this week, we kind of introed it and kind of talked about something that's so important and, and that's worship and why do we worship and how do we worship mm-hmm. and the difference between psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, next week, let's talk about those last three and let's grow believers so that we are mature followers of Christ. Love it. Thanks for listening today, guys. This has been fun. It's been great today. Hey, if you enjoyed today, do me a favor, share this out on social media, invite your friends, your family, your coworkers, even have your dog I don't know about, maybe you, <laughs> those have little kitty listen? cats, I don't know about that. But have your godly dogs listen to this. And uh, we're just, it's such an honor every single week to be able to speak into your life. We love you, everybody. God bless you. Have a great See you. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.